0: Question, is LinkedIn a business-to-business, a.k.a. B2B platform, or business-to-customer, a.k.a. B2C platform? It's easy for small businesses, especially B2Cs, to neglect LinkedIn in favor of other channels like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. But the truth is that LinkedIn is a hugely influential social network where B2Cs, along with their B2B counterparts, can thrive. Find out what LinkedIn can do for your small business and more on this episode of Forward Thinking. Hey everyone, I'm Darren Lake, the audio content manager here at Medici. Welcome to Forward Thinking, a podcast by Medici. In this series, we speak with inspirational business owners, brands, and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. In this episode, we go a bit deep on a platform that most people and especially small businesses might ignore, LinkedIn. And we do this with Lewis Gale, the managing director of Voltura, formerly known as Social Grind. Lewis on his LinkedIn says he is, quote, someone who loves achieving the unachievable and solving the unsolvable. A few things you'll learn in this episode about LinkedIn, Voltura, and Lewis. How LinkedIn can be used as a B2C platform, how you can reach 35,000 registrations for your product launch using LinkedIn, how to write an effective connection message on LinkedIn, how to advertise to customers, AKA the C's if you're a B2B business, using the sales navigator, AKA sales CRM tool for LinkedIn, effectively growing your connections on LinkedIn, and much more. Let's get into the talk with Lewis and Medici's head of content, Brendan Hill. Lewis,
1: welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brendan. It's really good to be here. Yeah, no, no, thanks for coming in. And obviously, a busy guy by all of the current <laughs> positions uh, that you've got going <laughs> Juggling on. Juggling a few minute.
2: bits and pieces.
1: Yeah, no, definitely interested to hear more about Founder Finder. What's
2: the story behind that? So, Founder Finder originated, obviously, a lot of startups want to, to focus on solving a problem, and, and that's exactly what we're trying to do as well. When I was younger and I started my entrepreneurial sort of journey and decided that Working for someone wasn't exactly my goal in life, I yeah. guess. We had the problem of finding people that had the right mindset or the same mindset rather than, than us and the same risk tolerances as well. So, a lot of my friends at the time were very focused on you know going out and having fun. And going to uni and studying at uni and, and that's all great and, and that's not an issue. Mm. And I've obviously been to uni as well, so that's not, you know, any different for me. But I think the main problem that I had was finding people that wanted to be part of a business and and group together those people. And then the other issue was money. So mm. I didn't have any money. like I don't know about you, but like <laughs> I, I didn't have any money when I was Always an issue. 18 or 19. I th- what was yeah. I doing for, I think I was working at a cafe. So like money wasn't exactly <laughs> very good back then. Yeah. And when you think about all these startups that are, you know, raising heaps of money, it sort of puts you off because you don't have that war chest available to you. So then again, it comes back to the idea of how do you link people up that that don't have a lot of money to, to throw down, but they've got their time and they've got skills. So, putting those people together and letting them work on a project is, I think, really, really important, which is what we're, we're doing.
1: Awesome. So, can you give me an example of a business that might want to use your service, founder FounderFinder?
2: So, look, it it really depends on the on the different stages because there's you know people with just an idea like i think everyone has an idea i think we all had ideas when we were growing up of yeah. thinking about you know how could we do this or you know a new fragrance in the car or something like or starting a t-shirt label company or who knows yeah. i think everyone has an idea and and that person with the idea but doesn't necessarily have the money or skills to execute that, whether it's building an app, they don't know how to code, or, or whether it's they know how to code but they don't know how to do the business side or market that specific service or product. Mm. That's a person that can come on Founder Finder and, and find someone to help them do what they they want to or have set out to achieve. So that's that's the right person. But then it, it, then again, it depends because you might have three or four mates that are together that have already started something, they've built an MVP, but they need more marketing help. And that's when Mm. a lot of startups use options to to incentivize people and lower their hard costs. So whether it's a job that is based around equity in terms of here's 40% or here's 30% and help me do this, and there's maybe two or three of you, all the way down to we're offering – 30 grand a year in salary for this project a year and we'll give you five percent of the company or two percent of the company i think we cater to those markets as well so when equity is involved in hiring process that's where we're trying to fill in
1: yeah it's an awesome idea i mean obviously small business a lot of them are under resourced you mean you can't be an expert in all areas obviously time's also scarce as well
2: yeah absolutely like i think time's a, a big one you you think about starting a business and especially if nowadays everyone's, you know, developing a web app or a mobile mm-hmm. app and and you just think about all the things that you need to do when you start reading online <laughs> and it just gets so overwhelming so quickly. Hole, yeah, know. exactly. So, So I think you need to, for successful startups, they need to have specific people in their team that handle different projects, whether it's development, marketing or design, for instance you can't do all of them. And if you try to do all of them as one person, you'll do them all poorly and, yeah. and you won't get anywhere. Like, I don't know of many companies that have got one person, you know, to the to the unicorn phase of being worth a billion dollars. It doesn't really work. You need no. the best of, of three or four, or, you know, eventually 50 minds to get something done in that scale.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's come up on the podcast before. I mean, small businesses they all are you know at risk of this something that i like to call superhero syndrome so we think that we can do everything we wear one hat we can do the accounting we can do the website we can do the hr but at the end of the day if you want to grow your business if you want to remain sustainable you know we have to find people that can help us and yeah exactly and mm-hmm.
2: like when when we met at that that's Zambesi course and, mm. and we're sitting there and and there was, you know, a number of people in the room and they were going through their ideas and there was a bunch of different people with different skills and expertise and a few of them, you know, they've come out of the corporate world thinking, you know, let's start a business, this is what I want to do with my life, I want to be on my own terms and then we're looking through their websites and things. And, and some of them, design and experience-wise, were seriously lacking mm. just because they were trying to do it themselves. And you can't mm-hmm. expect someone who's come out of a job like that to, in, in banking to yeah. know how to design a website or yeah. how to, you know, write a story or, or write headline or write copy that, that sets apart their idea so we actually understand. You need experts in there. And then how do you fund experts? Either money or equity. So so we're trying to fill in that gap. so
1: yes, I mean, you've created a great resource that is launching soon, Find a Founder.
2: Yes, well, Founder, we can go into that. You and I both know there's, <laughs> there's been a little bit of a, a stumble. So for everyone who's listening doesn't know, there's obviously a, a magazine called Founder, which is F spelled F-O-U-N-D-R. And it turns out that me, and, and no one's perfect, like everyone makes mistakes, and I made a mistake not properly researching the the trademark around that word and that mm. usage. So so we've actually come to a point where we need to I've been asked to politely change our name, which which I think look, the idea has changed in itself and it has pivoted. So that's not really the end of the world. You we've yeah. spoken about this. So that's not really the thing. But I guess for, for anyone out there who's actually starting a business, and even for people that are more experienced like myself, like oh, I don't have more than 15 years under my belt, that's for sure. Like I'm, I'm new at this as well as everyone else. But, yep. but that's something that I never thought I'd have to deal with and mm-hmm. now here I am dealing with it. So look at your trademarks, everyone. Make sure you're not know infringing <laughs> <on> anyone else.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean you've got the platform coming soon. So I mean I've seen obviously that you're an expert in social media and you've built up a, quite a substantial – list that you're going to launch the product to. So I mean what what kind of tools have you used to generate such a buzz around your product launch?
2: Yeah, so like social grind my my marketing company is really focused around growth marketing technologies and how we can get ahead quickly but not in the usual ways you would. Looking at different ways of getting ahead, more results that happen, you know, get get you lists of people quickly and get people signed on and get a buzz and get attention. I think there's, you know, a lot of people think about launching a product or building a product. And and that's really important. Your product has to be good. It has to be quality. It has to work. It has to solve the problem. But at the end of the day, you have to sell it to someone. So, it's about how do, how do we get this attention on board? We use LinkedIn to get all of that attention, every single little bit. Like we, we've got just under 35,000 registrations in wow. I'd say a th- in a 3-month dedicated period. This wow. hasn't this we've had that list for a while now, but we've been busy developing the product. But when we were going hard on LinkedIn to get those registrations to see if we had initial bite for our product, we mm. probably did that within 3 months or even less. And that's a good sized list of people. Like that's that's a great list to launch with. And if we continued pushing that, I'm sure we could make that to 100 or maybe 200,000, but we really just wanted to do that to test the waters to see what people's reactions were.
1: No, oh, amazing to start. And I mean, for business owners out there, I mean, obviously LinkedIn. I mean, since Microsoft acquired it, you know, they're putting a lot more resource in, into it. It's becoming a lot more user friendly. They're pushing video content. I mean, how can these
2: early stage businesses and startups start to leverage LinkedIn for their business? Look, I think I think everyone definitely can. Even if it's B two C, there's specific markets mm. where B two C does work on LinkedIn and that's a lot of people just identify that as a b2b platform that's mm. not always correct i have been seeing sort of a shift and and everyone has been seeing a shift in terms of organic engagement on facebook and instagram and linkedin yeah, for sure. facebook obviously has has really changed and that's due mm. to their algorithmic changes like for instance hubspot has You know, two million or you know, one point something million likes on Facebook, but each post they put out gets maybe two hundred likes. Like that, (laughs) that percentage engagement is so off, right? And that's because they make money through their ad tool. I understand that Facebook ads are great. Instagram will will is pretty good with organic engagement, as we all know. But again, not really focused on sort of the B two B area or the high, not high volume, more more really informative selling where the solution is complex. It's very easy to sell, you know, teeth whining, and which is what High Smile did and they went really well. Like it mm. worked perfectly. But if you're selling a more B2B complex solution, that's not going to go as well on Instagram. With LinkedIn what we did was we bought Sales Navigator, and for you, right. those of you that don't know, is, that's the sales sort of CRM-ish tool that, that LinkedIn sell, and that's how they make most of their revenue. Mm. Their ad product isn't as widely used, and it doesn't, from what we've tested, doesn't deliver as good a results as something that Facebook does. So, so we bought Sales Navigator, and we grouped together all the people that work for Social Grind, all the people that work for Founder Finder, and anyone and anyone who be willing to help us because they get a little bit of benefit out of this as well. Yeah. And what we did was use their profiles, found people that we want to sell to, essentially down the line, which for us is obviously founders of businesses. And with sales navigator, you can type in the title of the specific person you want. Right. And then and then go in and say, you know, how long have they been working as AX? so how long have they been working as a founder less than a year you know one to two years three to five so for us we're focusing more on the, the early stage founders whereas you know one to two years was good less than a year even better so we went on probably 20 25 different people's profiles and helped them manage it and you know style their profiles and and connecting to people on mass we designed a really successful connection message which wasn't salesy. It right. gave a hint about what we were trying to do in our product, mm. and and we we didn't even say you know here's a link to our website or here's our you know go sign up. We literally just sort of introduced ourselves, and we did that at mass. So we right. had towards the end of the three months, we had probably twenty profiles that have between 15 to 25, sometimes 30,000 connections each. Wow. And that was globally. So we went after people in Australia, in the UK, in India, in Spain, wherever, wherever suited our market and have, wherever the, the population suited that entrepreneurial sort of sphere or talent, I would say. We did that really hard and then we got 35,000 people that, that registered. And the best thing about that was that the majority of these people were curious after we sent that message. So, what they do, they, they Googled. They Googled Founder Finder, Right. And so, our Google, if you look at our Google Analytics over that period of time, mm. our organic search is, is really up there. And, and as a result of that, you know, our Google ranking went up and that was great for our Google sort of strategy. But better yet, 20% of the people that hit our landing page ended up registering.
1: Wow, twenty percent
2: yeah, which is nuts, yeah, which is really, really crazy, so that that demonstrated to us a couple of things. one is we 're hitting the right people, we mm. were hitting the exact target audience yeah. that our that our product will work for in the end we weren 't hitting people that it wasn 't relevant for, we were hitting the right people mm. and and that demonstrated to us that. Not only do founders and also the other side of that was freelancers that were interested in building up an equity portfolio using their skills. And they came on, looked at the site and then registered. So I think a combination of, of tools we used to sort of get to that milestone. The takeaway I would give to everyone, especially if you're in B2B sales and you're selling something that's B2B, like we just met with a client today that is selling you know, HR consulting. And they're B2B, obviously, typically B2B. And they've never done anything on Facebook or anything on Instagram or anything like that. And what we've gotten them to do is, and, and which everyone can do as well at home, is you know, set up your LinkedIn profile, get Sales Navigator, you know, hire a copywriter to, mm. to write your profile, make sure that it's good and there's no spelling mistakes or, or <laughs> no typos on there, yeah. and use your company as best you can, you know, make sure you've got a good logo and and things look appealing. Once you have that profile set up, then get Sales Navigator, connect with as many people as you can, which are all your target audience. Make sure you filter it properly. Don't find people, or connect with people that are irrelevant. Mm. Connect with the relevant people. Once you've connected with them, then they're in your network forever. You can, you know, share posts, you can message them whenever you want. It's perfect. That's what you want. So one little tip is, don't in your connection message try and sell something yeah. don't ask for a coffee don't ask for a call <laughs> yeah. don't don't ask to sit down and have a chat like we all know that's just a sales tactic yeah so in your connection message when you send it to these people just give a little bit of information about what you do and mm. so that you're looking to forward to ex- expanding your network like it's pretty vague but people yeah. accept that once they've accepted it then that's when the fun starts to happen so you could send messages to people, personalized messages and say, you know, oh, look at your company, looked at this, looked at that. And I'd love you to come sit down with us and, and have a chat through our solution. That works not so well anymore. I did a couple of years ago because yeah. people weren't doing it. But now it's you, you and I both know that mm. there's heaps of people doing that now. Yeah. So the best strategy for everyone at home would be to build up that network of maybe 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people over a period of time. If anyone messages you asking about a product or, or, or service, then obviously message them back. But what you then can do in their tools on the internet, I'm not really going to mention a specific tool for this one because it's a little bit you know, ethical. You can then essentially scrape or gather the data from the LinkedIn profiles of the people that you've connected with. So everyone, everyone's LinkedIn profile down the bottom, it's got their email address and their phone number if it's there. You can grab that email address and that phone number and their first name and last name, and then create a custom audience in Facebook. Take that details, put in a custom audience on Facebook and advertise to them on Facebook. Mm. You know, show them a video for the people that watch more than 20% of the video, then show them a, an ad. You know, bring them down the sales funnel and you can research that online on how to build a sales funnel. It's really not that difficult. But, but the hard thing is, and people ask us all the time, how do I advertise to people if I'm B2B? That is how. You go onto LinkedIn, you connect with people en masse, you get all their details, then you put it into Facebook. The one question that I always get hit with that is, you know, sometimes it's their personal email address. Like what if it's, you know, lewiscale at gmail.com? Right. And then everyone's thinking, well, we can't email that because it's personal. It does make sense. So when Facebook do you know their, their their user profile testing or, or or their data gathering. Essentially, if you have ever been logged into Facebook on your computer and logged into Gmail at the same time, even if it's your personal Gmail, Louis Outlook, or gmail.com, then they know that that email is attached to you. Right. So, so, say for me, like I've got heaps of email addresses. I've got Founder Finder email addresses, I've got Social Grind email addresses, I've got my personal ones, I've got Tony and Like I've got heaps. Yep. So, so, if someone plugs in a Founder Finder email address, even if they plug in the hello at Founder Finder email address, because I've logged in to that email on my computer while being on Facebook at the same time, mm. Facebook now knows that that email address is associated with Lewis Gale. Wow.
1: I didn't so know these, I know it's man.
2: super creepy, but yeah. but so if you get all these personal email addresses from LinkedIn and create a custom audience and run an ad against these people, Facebook will find them wow. because they're connected to their profiles, and so that goes the same with work email addresses. If it is a work email address and they've ever logged in to Facebook and been in their email at the same time in the same tab and the same window or or you know Chrome instance, yeah. Then Facebook know that that work email is associated with that person. Wow. So that's 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 the, that's the plan I would do. If I was selling anything, better be. I would go onto LinkedIn, connect with them at mass, do a LinkedIn content strategy, absolutely. But then find all the first name, last name, email address, phone numbers, plug it into Facebook, run a campaign. Because then you you know that the ads are hitting the right people. Then you know,
1: yeah, super targeted.
2: Yeah, yeah awesome. that's that's what I would do.
1: No, oh, amazing advice, and we'll have all the details in the show notes that you guys can check out after the episode. But taking a step back now from find a founder, I mean, what what is the one thing at the moment that you wish you were more of an expert in in business or marketing?
2: Look, I look in business of overall. I wish I could code. I absolutely wish I could. I know that's not within marketing and that's sort of absolutely outside of my expertise, but I wish I could understand that. I do not. Mm. And I know I don't. So so I'm happy to you know, get people to do that and, and make those decisions for me. But I wish I could. In terms of marketing, personally, sometimes content can be can be difficult content is really hard to produce like this this podcast for instance this is great content because you're getting perspectives from people and, and it's entertaining and you can you know headline it with the best way to advertise on linkedin for b2b which i imagine will be some way or shape or for we'll be the, the, the title right so like <laughs> so so we understand that but i think creating content for a b2c level in terms of for celebrities so mm. we work with quite a few celebrities or or quote unquote influencers that are building up, you know, their Instagram pages and stuff like that. And, you know, you see a lot of these influencers that are that are males or females that are sort of posing in the mirror in swimsuits or something like that, right? And yeah. people just go to gravitate towards that for you know, whatever reason. But creating valuable content that celebrities and influencers can push out that is that is where I'd like to sort of dive more and that's what we're going to be doing in the next six months because I think influencers as a whole they're just going to get bigger eventually it will pop and sort of people won't trust trust influencers and think they're just being paid to you know Mm. show products but the developing that side of content is where we would like to focus and we're investing resources internally or more you know photographers videographers so that we can produce that content like we, we all have seen Gary V yeah. and you know he's got some very interesting opinions some I agree with some with I don't but he's a master of creating content and yeah. it's because someone is filming him 24 hours a day and he's very outspoken so so then some people come to us and they're like well we want to do that <laughs> and and I go, well, yeah, yeah, but do you have the resources to pay for like someone to hang with you the entire day, yeah. every day of the week to film these vlogs? And that's where a lot of people sort of fall short because yeah. it's too expensive. Like even if we quote for someone like that, our, mm. our, we charge videography out at 300 an hour. Yeah, Like that's not going to be doable for someone who's trying to build a brand. That's again, and that ties back into – ever so slightly into founder finder because Mm. if you want to be an influencer want to be a brand advocate or ambassador and you need someone to create content for you and you want to build a business because you're building a business by doing that, then create a company. Give a bit of equity to someone who's a Mm. gun videographer or photographer and that way you you grow together. I think that's really important and and that that is what I'd like to dive into for the next six months is creating more content and and more viral content.
0: Mm,
1: I think what Gary Vee does well, I mean, he creates the pillar content and then he repurposes that into, you know, up to 20 or 30 different pieces. So, he might do a keynote, he might do his daily podcast and then he's blasting that across Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. So, he's get, getting so much value out of that one piece. Yes, it is expensive, as you said but he's repurposing it so well that he's getting the maximum ROI from every Oh, absolutely.
2: Every piece. Like, he, he's an absolute master at it. Like, mm. he, he, but then again, for us, you know, average people, like, yeah. how often do we speak at keynotes, you know? So, <laughs> so I think breaking that down and, and creating content for, for you know, starting out influencers or brand ambassadors, I think that's where I want to start playing in more in that area, in that space.
1: Yeah, awesome. And, Speaking about yourself personally, I mean, in the last year, have there been any small purchases under a hundred dollars that have really helped you on your business journey? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So so this one, I can think of one off the top of my head that would be fantastic for anyone who is managing more than one social media account. So when we we manage clients' accounts, they've obviously got Instagrams, they've got Facebooks. We do a lot of real estate work. So right. so each agent has their own Facebook account, their own Instagram account, their own, you know platform for LinkedIn, mm. everything. One of my biggest fears was that with our computers, when we run some some tech that were built to sort of help people get ahead some automation tech, one of my biggest fears was that someone would get banned, that mm-hmm. someone would their profile would get restricted or the right. LinkedIn will get banned. That's my biggest fear, and especially when you're you're managing up to 300 LinkedIn profiles on the same server wow uh, like i'm scared because if someone because if someone who's you know a a big executive gets banned on linkedin because of us then we're in trouble we're in yeah. real trouble so so then i started looking into with my team into how to prevent that from happening because right. that was keeping me up at night. Like sometimes I would wake up <laughs> in the morning and go to my home office and look at my computer and go, everyone's still okay? Like mm-hmm. I actually was doing that. I was worried. So 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 what then came became apparent was there's two things that really identify you to those big companies, which is your IP address and your browser fingerprint. So your browser fingerprint is is something that I've learned more and more about over the next couple of months. I'm not an expert at all, but I'll try and explain it as best I can so the tool is called multi-login
1: right
2: it's developed I believe out of Estonia or Russia or some, mm-hmm. somewhere with a good coding country with a, a good coding <laughs> country right <laughs> yeah. and, and this is when you know it's good tech when you install it on your computer and Bitdefender automatically puts it into <laughs> trash and deletes it and quarantines it you know it's good stuff when it's that right because, yeah. because you know it's leading edge So, so oh, hey, my computer might have a virus, who knows? So what this tool does is, and it's about 99 euros a month, so it's a little bit over 100 bucks, but well worth it. What you can do and what the the company does is it creates a unique browser fingerprint for each instance of browser you use. So they've got two browsers on there that you can use. One is called Mimic, which is a version of Chromium's Chrome's development browser, which I believe is called Chromium, I believe and what it does is your browser fingerprint is almost makes up 80% of the reason why big companies can track you. Right. Your IP address secures information as it, you know, leaves your computer and goes back when you access the internet, but it doesn't cover up who you are really. So things like You know, the code that you're using in your browser, the latest version of the browser that you're using, what type of browser you're using, what resolution your computer's set at. All these different things, what fonts you're using, what font size, all these hundreds and hundreds of different elements is what make up your browser fingerprint. Wow. So, if you are managing multiple social media accounts, I'm talking hundreds or even 30. Mm. I got scared at 30, essentially. Mm. You can use this tool. And it creates a unique browser fingerprint for each instance of Chromium. So that means that you can be safe. And then you, you, what you do is just go buy a, a proxy or use an IP address a VPN and slap that on there as well. Mm. So, each window that you manage all these accounts on has its own local storage, its own cookies, its own everything, essentially. And it has different text fonts. It has different JavaScript. It has different code in HTML. But like, it's, it's all different. It's completely unique. Wow. So, what we've done is we've used this tool and each client that has their own set of Instagrams, LinkedIn's, Facebooks, everything, has their own instance of of Chromium using multi-login. And that way, it's completely secure. And I know that no one's going to get banned mm. because everyone has their own IP address, they have their own browser fingerprint, everything's good.
1: Definitely better to be safe than sorry. Oh,
2: definitely. <laughs> like there's the worst thing. We've never had it happen. We've never had anyone ever get restricted or anything like that, but I've heard about it happening.
1: Yeah. And not even well,
2: breaking, though. you know, TOS. It's mm. just the fact that you're managing so many profiles on one IP address. Yeah. The company just goes, oh, that's wrong. And just blocks your IP, essentially. Yeah. So that that is what I, would do. I think it's multilogin.com, I believe. Yep. I just Google multilogin, but they're they're great. Lifesaver.
1: Yeah. So thanks Lewis for all the value you've dropped to our audience, all the resources and tools you'll be able to find in the podcast show notes at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And just before you go, Lewis, we always like to ask our guests a bit of a fun and creative question at the end, get you thinking a bit differently. So, here it is. You're on the first flight to Mars with Elon Musk (laughs) and the first settlers Uh, aboard the SpaceX Starship rocket. So, what business do you start when you land on Mars and how
2: would you market it to the new Martians? Okay, if you're going to Mars, Mm. a lot of things probably won't exist, obviously, (laughs) right? Like, I'm not a huge expert in, in... Mars, but (laughs) i would imagine there was a few things they might leave behind i would human need like you need water you need food you Mm. need shelter they would have to sort all that stuff like for them to shoot a rocket in there like so the immediate thing that comes to my mind is selling flights back home to earth (laughs) for the people that don't (laughs) want to don't want to stay but what i think more importantly would be and this isn't tech tech at all it's really just supply and demand i would start a i just, I create gin, yeah oh, I, nice. I alcohol i do I do alcohol for sure, I think after after a couple of months, mm. when people start to sort of return to normal and things are getting normal way of life because humans are humans, yeah if there's no alcohol and you're the only alcohol provider, can you imagine if there was only one bottle shop, so you're distilling this on Mars, yeah, yeah, absolutely, ah, yeah, nice. yeah, and what I'd even do because the temperature is obviously very low, I'd mm. turn into slushy. <laughs> gin I, I would, slushy i would i would i would I would put it outside turn it into slush, and mm. sell it as slushy gin. And any specific campaigns to market this to the Martians? <sighs> Look, I think a simple text campaign that would be of, easy. I, say, mouth, I, I think we're the only people that's serving alcohol here, so uh, who wants to come get some? I think that it would be pretty, pretty easy to do. Yeah, very popular, I imagine. So, I yeah. mean, Lewis, really appreciate your time again. Not a problem.
1: Anything else that you'd like to say to the audience and how can people
2: get in touch? <sighs> Look, if you want to get in touch, LinkedIn would be the best thing. Just get in touch there, send me a message, send me a connection message, do what I'm preaching. has to be good copy as well. Yeah, hey, good copy. I'll no. judge all your connection yeah. messages. <laughs> if it's too salesy, it's not going to get connected. Yeah. Look, I, I really think, and some people have been preaching this of late as well, I think LinkedIn is a really good space for, for B2C and for B2B. So I think mm. if you're not doing a LinkedIn strategy
0: yeah.
2: or, or a content strategy or connecting with people en masse and, and creating those valuable connections, I think... That's where you should be investing your time, especially if you can go into Sales Navigator and find the exact title of the person. It's perfect. It's yeah. a perfect list of all your target audience mm. members. You can do that. I think do that. Well, I'm about to go and
1: log in to LinkedIn right now. <laughs> it's uh, amazing advice. Uh, thanks again, Lewis. It's been fun.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: From Medigy, you've just listened to Forward Thinking. Again, I'm Darren, and Medigy hopes we helped you find more insights and tips into your business. To find out more about Medigy and get a listener exclusive three month free trial, visit us at medigy.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, go and check out some more episodes. If you like what you heard, please share a link to another business owner or marketer who you think could get something from this. Also, to help us out, it would be great if you left a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Last, never miss another episode by following or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast player. See you on the next episode.